Good morning, friends. Uh, good to be with you in this sort of a way, in this kind of a uh, context, even though we can't be together physically in, in quite the same way. And, uh, and I hope you're finding some life in connecting relationally with people during these weeks. We're going to hop right in uh, this morning. We're having a conversation that we're continuing, looking at the scriptures about uh, how to transform some of the deeper places within us to, to kind of move in an inside-out direction at how if, if we're not willing to peel back the layers of what's going on under the surface in our lives, then we're not going to be able to be transformed by Jesus in ways that actually change our lives, okay? And so this week, uniquely, I, I want to talk about how tired we are uh, almost all the time. And I, I hear this exhaustion and I feel this exhaustion like, like many others. But I want to talk about the roots of that and what it means to, uh, to look at rest in the right way especially during a week like we're about to head into, and why it is so difficult for us to understand the beauty of rest. And I think it's founded in the idea that rest is not something that we look at receiving from God, but instead, with our minds and our bodies, it's something that we think that we have to do in order to kind of do, do all the right things. God commands us to rest, so we should. God commands us to, to take time to slow down, so we should, versus something that we can receive. Uh, just to give you an example of, of this, uh, my, my boy's birthday is uh, on Monday, and so tomorrow uh, they're, they're gonna be, we're gonna be celebrating them, and we have been this weekend. But uh, in our living room, we have this small stack of gifts uh, for them in the living room, uh, Ottoman, on the Ottoman. They're, they're excited about this, and can you imagine, just for a moment, can you imagine them on Monday morning looking at those gifts and saying, Man, I, I mean, I'd really like to open them, but I have other things to do today. Uh, I, I mean, there's cake. I've got to get out of my PJs at some point and get changed. And I have Zoom school. I mean, you know, they look great and all, but, but I, I just, I probably won't have time, but, I, but I'd like to. Not at all, right? That's not how you respond when you know that someone is giving you a gift. You're eager to open it. You're eager to receive it if you believe it's good right? And so, so this is the story of us right now in the way that we have been conditioned to think and feel about a gift of rest that God designs us to live within. Uh, we don't actually believe, I, I think that we don't actually believe that stopping is good. We don't believe that it's valuable. We don't believe that it's a gift. The Bible uses this word for, um, for God's rest design called Sabbath, Okay, it's, uh, you've obviously, most of you have heard of this. Uh, it was designed as a, a result of the rhythms of rest that are reflected in the book of Genesis on the seventh day after God worked and created and, and created humankind. God rested and he commanded that God's people also rest. Um, but the, the word for Sabbath is, is literally the Hebrew word to cease. And so in the Christian circles and in the subcultures that we live in, we often ask, like, are you practicing Sabbath? Which sounds really high and holy, but I, I wonder how it would change if we asked each other, are you learning to cease? How are you doing at learning to stop? At learning to be still? Uh, interestingly, throughout the scriptures, there's these glimpses of how God often reveals God's self. In, uh, in 1 Kings, in chapter 19, uh, we see this story with Elijah, and we've talked about it before, but Elijah's really discouraged, and God essentially says, hey, I'm going to come and, and I'm going to reveal myself to you in a new way. And, uh, and 
So Elijah goes and he goes on this journey and he gets to this cave that's kind of on the edge of this cliff. And he hears this earthquake and he expects God, but God's not in the earthquake. And then a fire comes and he expects to see God in the flame of the fire, but God wasn't in the fire. And after the fire comes what the, the scriptures often interpret or, or uh, what they, they, the wording that they use is a gentle whisper or a quiet sound or a still small voice. And at that moment when that comes and Elijah hears it, he knows that this is the presence of God and he, he covers his face um, and he goes out to meet with God. The interesting thing is that the Hebrew words there literally mean uh, there was sheer silence. And so how, how do you interpret the sound of silence outside of um, quoting the Simon and Garfunkel song? This, this idea that what Elijah heard God's presence in was literally the sheer silence and stillness was how God spoke. Why are we so convinced that God is in the noise all the time? Uh, the scriptures are fairly consistent about how we must stop in order to encounter God. But once again, this, this idea of, of Sabbath is, is something that you're supposed to do, right? So that you can hear God's voice. And when we think about it like that, we, this quickly becomes another to-do list, another chore. Um, it becomes so, so that we, we can get into good standing instead of a gift intended to help us receive who we are and who God is in a fresh way once again. Um, stopping and ceasing with God is learning to receive who you actually are. Uh, and so the goal of this Sabbath is to receive the gift of restoration, okay? Uh, and, and so it's actually about trust. And we're trusting not that everything's going to be all right. <laughs> we're not trusting that, hey, everything's going to be fine. That's what I trust when I stop, that everything's fine. No, because things might not be fine. The, the thing that we're trusting is that our limits are actually not a bad thing. Uh, so, so the first part of, of trusting that it's okay to cease means embracing our limits, all right? Um, over and over, that we, we see that God has designed us with limits for a reason, because if we don't believe that we have any limits, then we begin to think that our job is the same job as God's. In the story of the Tower of Babel in, in Genesis, you know, all the people band together and they say, we can be just like God. We can do anything. We have no limits. And what they start to do is they start to tear themselves apart and they start to, to think that their job is to rule the world and to be Lord, and that's not their job. And so, so every time that we think that we can become our own gods by pushing through time, energy, mind, whatever, by continuing to go, 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 and not allowing ourselves to rest, uh, when we do that, we actually end up moving away from this divine partnership that we're designed for. Embracing our limits uh, means embracing that the world doesn't rest on our shoulders. All right. So, so the first thing is just learning to embrace limits. But the second part of this is embracing actually rest and what rest is and what it means. And this is where what Jesus does uh, in the Gospels becomes really significant. Um, but, but even before that, in Isaiah 30, uh, we read, um, whoops, in Isaiah 30, this is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength, but you would have none of it. And the whole idea of what's going on here is that God's people are continuing to pursue. They get on horses right after this and they ride off to war. And God is saying, 
You're not learning to trust in me, to rest in the way that I designed you. You think that you have to accomplish everything on your own. And this is a continued refrain, all right? Over and over and over. And so, so when we choose to not find salvation and rescue in rest and quietness with God, what we do is we devalue the image of God that we are created in. Um, and, and like I said, in the past, that's where the commandment came from. And that's where the Jewish background of rest and Sabbath becomes so interesting. Because here's the deal. I mentioned that Sabbath is all about looking back. But now we're going to find that actually for God's people, Sabbath was also about looking forward. Okay? So in the Jewish mindset, here we go, getting into the Gospels. In the Jewish mindset, the best way to understand Sabbath is to think about time in a different way. All right? Rather than just being all about a physical stopping, which is how we often think about it, to Jewish people it was understood, and here's what uh, New Testament scholar N.T. Wright says, um, the Sabbath was the age to come breaking into the present age, so that God's future and God's presence were God's present were held together, again with human beings standing at the threshold of a single moment of rest and celebration. So the Sabbath wasn't just a memory of Genesis. It was a reminder that God's future of, of complete rest, of complete unity, was accessible in the now. So, so God was telling his people, listen, for one day you get to take time to just rest in God's future, in the, the fact that God will restore, restore all things one day and you are just allowed to enjoy the presence of God. You don't have to do a thing. Okay, and so, so it's, it's a glimpse of the garden moment, right? The seventh day of creation where humanity rests with God in peace and relationship and it takes us all the way to the second garden, the one that becomes a city, the new Jerusalem, where God's people dwell fully with God and God wipes away every tear from their eye like we mentioned last week. The, the Sabbath gets to be a standing between places where God's future breaks into the present, okay? And, and it's a gift. It's a gift because... God's people were always given permission to receive the taste of the one day, even while still living in the pain of today. Does that make sense? So that's why Jesus now, in his radical relationship uh, with the Sabbath is so important. So Jesus throughout the gospel has all these conflicts with the religious leaders about Sabbath. Um, and, and we tend to look at these conflicts and say, what they are is they're about legalism versus goodness. So Jesus does a lot of good things on the Sabbath and the Jewish leaders are really legalistic about all the things that you can't do on the Sabbath. And that's where the conflict is. But it actually goes way, way, way deeper than that. Um, if, if participation in the Sabbath was a glimpse forward to the kingdom of God coming, okay, then follow this. And we'll get to why this is so relevant in just a minute. Then follow this. Then Jesus broke Sabbath laws because God's kingdom had come in him. All right, God's fulfillment was breaking into the present day right in front of everybody. This is why Jesus makes statements in Matthew and in Mark and in Luke, okay, that all say that I am Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus claimed. The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. I am the King of rest, Jesus says. I'm the ruler of the Sabbath, the King of the fulfillment of what's to come. It's here now. I'm the Sabbath rest. You can cease striving. And you can rest in God's fulfillment. You are given permission to do that. Not just by setting aside time, but by being present with me. Jesus takes the Sabbath and he kind of replaces it with himself. 
All right, think about that when Jesus speaks his words in Matthew 11 that, that we've been talking about quite a bit recently on and off. Uh, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, that's my way of life, my teachings, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, now this was a claim of deity, certainly, for Jesus. You know, for the Jews believed, like, like Psalm 62 says, my soul finds rest in God alone. So Jesus certainly is taking that role and saying, I'm, I am God. You can find rest in me. But, but it's, it's more than that. That rest was practiced, remember, in observing the Sabbath. And Jesus says the gift of rest is not relegated to a bunch of Sabbath practices. So what all that means for us today is that it means that our ability to stop striving and our ability to find rest in God is not just about structure. Because that's what the church does. We've made it so much about structure. Make sure you set aside time for God. But it goes beyond that because Jesus blows Sabbath rules out of the water. And so it's about both structure and spirit. Let's talk about structure for just a second, and then we'll end with spirit. Our, our structures are crucial. We have to, as people of God, we have to learn habits that move us and point us toward God awareness more often. Um, we have to learn habits that help us embrace with joy our limits. We shouldn't fight against the fact that our bodies are created to need rest. We can't even go a full day without collapsing, right? We have limits that are a gift. And so we have to embrace practices that honor the limits that God has given us so that we don't think that we need to accomplish all of God's work ourselves. And we're really horrible at resting and delighting in God. And at any counter, and, and like any countercultural practice, right, like giving, like moving away from screen addiction, all, all these things, it takes structure and practice. You don't just immediately change. You have to put structures in place. Um, if we take our faith seriously, we are going to prioritize time for rest, for prayer, for delighting in God. If something never shows up on your calendar, it's not a priority, period. So if we don't figure out structures that help us find rest, then we won't be actually able to experience what God's designed us for. It's that simple. So learning new rhythms is important. And, and rest for you might be work for somebody else. This is, we talk about this all the time, so I don't want to spend much time on this. Um, you know, gardening, tending to your yard might be an incredible Sabbath experience for you. It might help you delight in God and God's world. But for another one of you who mows lawns for a living, that's not going to be rest, right? Um, and, and you're going to have to find rest in, in a different way. Maybe it, um, yeah, if, if it's a chore, if it feels like work, you're never going to be able to delight in God through it. But it doesn't just have to be sitting in stillness. That's only one way to practice slowing down and ceasing. So what structures will help you stop working and delight in God? That's your question for the moment. Structure's crucial in all of this. Okay, but... What we learn from Jesus is that there's another side too, and that's more about stopping not our hands and feet, um, but our minds and our hearts. And this is where I think maybe we are most relevant uh, for, for today with most of us at LifePath. Um, a message, like most of us have been forced to slow down during COVID. We haven't had a choice. Um, so a message encouraging you to find time to stop uh, might not land 
right because many of us have been stuck at home more often than we're used to anyways. And, um, and a night of stopping, right, and watching Netflix does not meet the totality of your need for rest with God. Even though for some of you that might feel like a bit of a Sabbath practice, you know, spending time, you know, with your family, watching a movie, something like that. But what's, what's going on for many of us in terms of our inability to stop has nothing to do with our schedule. Some of you, yes, but the rest of us, it has to do with what's going on up here. I can't stop my mind. I can't stop my mind over and over and over. I can't stop it. I can't stop it. There's so much going on. There's worry. There's fear. There's concern. There's, there's the need to go and, and, and do something. All of, all of this, what's happening up here, structuring a break from work physically does not change that. That's not an issue of structure. It's an issue of spirit. Um, if we move beyond structure to spirit, we have to ask ourselves, what does it look like for my spirit to find rest in Jesus? What does it look like for my spirit to find rest in Jesus? For Jesus to literally be my Sabbath rest. Um, and how might that affect me as I live in the most stressed out era that many of us have ever experienced collectively? So remember what Jesus does when he replaces the Sabbath practices with the presence of himself. Um, Jesus invites us to dwell in God's coming kingdom right in the middle of the current world, right? So, so Jesus is inviting you and giving you permission to find rest for your mind, even from the issues that you care about. Uh, Jesus invites us to experience heaven on earth, whether we are sick or whether we are healthy. Jesus invites us to delight in God's presence with us, whether we are free or oppressed, whether we are rich or poor, whether we are happy or sad. This is the beauty of what it means for Jesus to be our Sabbath rest, even whether you have to work seven days a week or not, or even whether your kids never give you a second break. Jesus being our Sabbath rest changes all of this. That doesn't mean that we don't do the things that matter. It doesn't mean that we don't work for justice or care about what's happening in our world. It just means that when Jesus is our Sabbath, not even poor scheduling, not even a lack of structure can stop our souls from being able to enter into God's rest. It's always available. So it doesn't mean that we don't engage in the world when we talk about this kind of stuff. It means that we're grounded enough to engage in the world in the right way. And friends, hear me. That is really what we need right now. Our souls are too often not at rest. Our minds are not at rest. <laughs> Look around. Anger doesn't just hit us, it overtakes us, right? So does fear. So does discouragement. It lodges in our souls and it, it takes up the time of our evenings and our Saturdays and our weekends. It pulls us from being able to be present with our family because our minds are constantly going and not at rest. And that is a spiritual issue. Guess what? Donald Trump does not deserve to have control over your emotions all day long. He's not worth it. Neither is Joe Biden or fear of the Democrats taking over, right? You, you know who deserves to have control of your emotions throughout the day and then after work and then on weekends and evenings as you sleep at night? You know who deserves to have control of our minds at that point? Jesus. Because what Jesus is offering us is the gift of rest. You are allowed to rest in your mind. It's not cheating. You can get back to it tomorrow. 
I, I'm fascinated by how we walk around with our mentality of, of what we have to accomplish even in the realm of our minds. When Jesus, for goodness sake, he left crowds who were sick to go and rest with God and delight in God and to be restored in love. And, uh, and your capacity is not greater than Jesus' capacity was. You don't have a longer to-do list than he did. You're allowed to cease in your mind's to-do list, in your body's actions. You can stop in your anxiety, in your pain, in your frustration at the government. You are allowed to rest in Jesus as your Sabbath. It's a gift. You're given the gift of ceasing, of experiencing the age to come, of experiencing heaven in the middle of now. You can even delight. Paul famously wrote to the disciples in, in Corinth that though they were outwardly wasting away, inwardly their spirits were being renewed. What a glimpse of Jesus being the Sabbath rest. Outwardly wasting away, getting beat up, brutal time in their lives. And yet inwardly, their spirits were being renewed. So, so no matter any of the outward circumstances, none of those could stop their spirits from being renewed inwardly. It's a radical statement of Jesus being Sabbath. So, Here's what we're asking you to consider. What is one structure first? What is one structure that you're going to set in place that allows you to Sabbath this week? To cease, to stop, right? Um, however that needs to look. Maybe it's controlling your cell phone use uh, because you don't become a better person when you're constantly connected. Uh, maybe it's taking a walk with Jesus. Maybe it's reading a novel to enjoy the creativity that God has given humanity and to direct that enjoyment toward God and be reminded um, of God's goodness. Uh, where, where will you receive permission for your body to stop? And what structure will you put in place to make it happen? So that's first. And then in addition to Sabbath structure, what is one Sabbath spirit that you're going to embrace this week? Uh, where will you receive God's permission for your mind to stop churning? Uh, choose maybe something that lines up with Jesus's words in, uh, in the scriptures that you can remind yourself of. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's, I am always loved and never alone. Maybe that's the, the, the Sabbath gift of Jesus that you need to, to do to set your mind straight. Maybe it's, I bear the image of God even when I am not accomplishing something. Maybe it's, Jesus gives me rest even when my work is still undone. Maybe it's Jesus is, for, for those of you who are Enneagram 2s like me, maybe it's this, Jesus is caring for all the people that I didn't get a chance to care for today. Maybe that's how you need to hear Sabbath rest for your mind and your heart. Maybe it's heaven is accessible to me at any moment because Jesus is with us and Jesus is the age to come. Jesus is the fulfillment. So maybe it's knowing that I'm allowed to step in to the age to come right now for moments of delight because heaven is life in union with God. That's what, the, that's what eternal life is, life in union with God. I don't know, maybe it's something totally different, but, but think of the spirit of Sabbath that isn't about a set amount of time, but rather a landing place for the heart, okay? Try to think with that spirit of, of something where Sabbath is not just a set amount of time or a structure, but a landing place for your heart that you can come back to over and over and over again and take a deep breath 
in the goodness and the grace of God. In, uh, in Mark 6, 29, uh, as, we, as we kind of head back into your day's tasks, uh, Jesus is speaking with his disciples. They've just come back from doing a lot of work. He sent them out uh, into the towns and areas to proclaim the good news of God's kingdom. And they come back, and this is right before they end up doing the feeding of the 5,000. Um, but, but he comes and he says to them, uh, to his disciples, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. And I think that that statement itself uh, ends up maybe being the greatest combination of, of what is actually offered from Jesus. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. And maybe that's physical, and maybe that's the rest of spirit. Uh, a good Sabbathing, good ceasing, good stillness involves both the body and the mind and the heart. So I want to encourage you this week. I know this isn't a particularly flashy message, and I don't particularly care about that these days anymore. Uh, but I want to encourage you to embrace a structure of permissive rest for your body and permissive rest for your minds um, so that you can experience the grace of Jesus in new ways this week um, and to do the work that is yours to do. But we do have to go a little bit deeper inside ourselves to acknowledge the things that need to change, the areas where we are maybe not choosing to receive or even look at God's rest as a gift, but as a chore to accomplish. So take some time maybe just right now even as, as uh, this video ends, take some time just to be still with Jesus and say, Jesus, how can I embrace what you offer me as a gift and not as another task to do? How can that be something that refreshes my soul and my spirit this week instead of something that I have to figure out how to make time for? Um, so may God help us on this journey, especially this week um, when there's just so many high emotions running in so many different directions. Uh, and we're going to see a lot, of, a lot of ugliness probably emerging. So let me encourage you to let Jesus continue to be your rest and to speak to you about how the age to come is always possible right now and how that empowers you to live and give that example to the world around you. That God is indeed still on the throne. Jesus is still Lord. And we are able to delight and rest anytime that we choose to pursue uh, who God's character is and rest in the gift of Sabbath. Let's pray. Lord, uh, you know what each of us needs to be able to experience uh, the rhythms of rest and purpose in life. But this week, I pray that you illuminate us and our minds to, uh, to how beautiful uh, what you offer is to us in the midst of stressful seasons, that we can embrace our limitations, even our emotional limits when we're just worn out. We can bring that before you, Lord. Uh, so lead us in the way of life this week and free us from the temptations of taking everything on ourselves to solve every problem of the world or to be producers at all times instead of recipients of your love and grace. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Peace on the journey this week, friends.